As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 334, and today we are talking about Bruno Mattei. Okay. What do you say? I might just go eat A. Tay-Tay. <laughs> well, it's Matty A, some say, but it's also Mattei, because um, I was listening to the producer and the writer talk about him nonstop, and I was just like, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? It's like always back and forth. I've had people correct me saying, oh, it's Matty A. And then I've had people correct me saying it's the other way. <laughs> so it's like, ah, I think everybody just says it a little differently. But if you're not sure who he is, Bruno Mattei is a director from Italy. He is one of the maestros. Well, some people call him the ripoff maestro or the remake maestro or, you know, it just depends on what you think of him, really. A lot of people have good and bad opinions of him, but you've seen one of his movies if you're an Italian fan. That's for damn sure. And there's not many directors like him anymore, so. And the movies we're going to watch? And the movies today that we're going to watch are Island of the Living Dead from 2006 and Zombies, The Beginning from 2007. Both of which are directed by Bruno Mattei. But if you want to watch them, you can watch Island of the Living Dead. You can rent it on Amazon. And then the Zombies, the beginning, which is the sequel, is the full movies up on YouTube. I think you can also rent it elsewhere, too. Um, there are multiple places you can check it out. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do. So both of these movies, uh, I've had them on my shelf for a long time. Severin put it out with their Intervision company, which is like that the smaller sub-label, like a sister label that they do. Uh, that puts out a lot of like straight-to-video projects and stuff like that that they bought up. And uh, I've just had them for a long time. I remember they had this sale. They were like, hey, the last, you know, Bruno Mattei films, if you want to get them, we're going to sell out of them and they're going to go out of print. Fortunately, there's still some copies online, but I wanted to get them. And I paid, I think it was like, I don't know how many movies I got. I think I got like four movies for like 20 bucks. And I was like, I can't beat that. So I'm just going to get it. So they've been sitting on my shelf for years. And I was like, you know what? It's time to watch them. I sat Christina down. And made her watch, uh, it was like four cannibal movies, including two of Bruno's, and then two zombie films. And she was like, let's watch those. Oh, we watched the trailers. And uh, yeah, so that's how we came up with that idea. Just been trying to go through some of my old collection. There's been a lot of stuff on the shelves. I'm in the process of building a new shelf in my studio, like a like a 
extra shelf so that I can build it into the closet. A multimedia yes. closet. That way, because it's cluttered as fuck in here. It's We've very got, cluttered. Yeah, we got a lot of movies stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and like, you know, I have a pretty big shelf, uh, but it's running out of space. And the more I go, the lower it goes. And so it'd just be nice to have like an extra rack so that we could just like put it over there. Yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. And uh, yeah, it's going to take some time. Uh-huh. But yeah, while we get more movies in here and stack them higher and higher, we're going to have to get that done sooner or later, huh? <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> oh, shit. And I almost forgot. It's uh, 4th of July, baby, tomorrow for you guys. Uh, I always forget because we're like recording a week before. So I hope everybody right. has a happy... Purge day. Purge. Yeah. Or happy kind of <laughs> independence, kind of freedom day. Isn't this when the aliens come? Yeah. Yeah, it's where they, they're like, hey, and then we go, you know what? We're not serving your kind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> so uh, the Supreme Court, in a very odd ruling, uh, just uh, basically said that you can discriminate against anybody in your business now, which is very odd to me. Imagine seeing in the top corner of the window... MAGA not allowed, or gays not allowed, or cripples not allowed, or, you know, blank not allowed. (laughs) Sure does feel like Independence Day, doesn't it? Sounds like moving backwards. Dude, it's so weird. It's crazy to me. But, you know, happy, happy 4th of July, everyone. It uh, slowly... It seems like this holiday is going to mean something different each year, but... You know, to each their own. I'm just a human being living in a world that tells people that they can't come in their store because they're different. All right. And, uh, oh, hey, we got horror movies to talk about, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up, Christina? How are you doing? What's going on with you? Well, this week, this, these movies Uh, made me think of a, an incident that happened. Oh, is it, is it that time? Happy Monday! Oh, fuck, it's Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. Wake up, get up, out of the fucking bed. Christina's got some joy that she'll inject into your head. It's probably fucking fucked, let's do it anyway. It's our new segment called Happy Fucking Monday. So in 2018, this missionary guy was determined to go to this island to convert this native tribe into Christianity, of course. Oh, I think I heard of this one. But the native tribe, who has been secluded uh, for like 60,000 years... Never talked to modern society, guys. Well, people have tried, and they have, but along the way, you know, they don't like the outside coming in. Right. Well, they're protected class. Indian... The Indian government protect uh, made it illegal to go on the island for mm-hmm. anyone to go on the island. So he was illegally going on the island tr- and was going to convert these people. And essentially, it got him killed. Convert him to what? Christianity. Okay. Convert him to. Well, could have he been Jehovah's spread, Witness. I don't know. To convert him to Christianity, because you know that's uh, what they do. Um, God, just you know, just keep it in your house, you know. Well, it got him killed, so... I know, that's what I'm saying. What a dumb... What a... A dumbass. But these... But the, the tribe on the island, um, they've had people come to the island before. That's what they give for trying to groom this whole crew... This, uh, society. 
Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So people have come on the island before because, you know, it's been around for so long. Mm-hmm. They've had shipwrecks on the island and a whole bunch of stuff. In the 1800s, Marco Polo wrote about just seeing the island and there were hostile there was a hostile tribe on the island that was like the first writings of the people on the island right in the like the late 1800s there was expeditioners who who there was an expeditioner who went to the island and he he walked up and he he it was written that he saw four huts and there was two elderly people and four children and so he took them <laughs> so he took them off the island into Port Blair because Port Blair is like the the closest uh, port. place to okay. to the this island, <laughs> and like immediately within a week, the two elderly people die. All the children got sick, so they returned the children to the island. So they're oh, thinking no. this this might be a reason why they don't want anybody on the fucking island. You know what I'm thinking? Like this, is what it reminds me of, and it's like that scene in Men in Black where they open the the locker. And it's like a whole contained. Oh yeah, a little society. Society, in there. and they worship like whoever comes up to the thing. So them taking, but not the, they didn't worship any. Yeah, but if they, them taking the elderly, they probably thought was like this prophecy to bring them towards, and then they're like, oh my god, the gods are out to kill us. You know what I mean? Right. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> Who know. knows? You know what I'm saying? Like so, they could have just like turned this whole thing into like some fucking crazy fucking war. Without even knowing, you know, because they... Yeah, but we don't even know because the, no one has been able to communicate with these people. Um, when the Indian government first got... Uh, uh, before they made it illegal, they were trying to communicate with the tribe because they wanted to protect the tribe. Right. But they... So they took um, other uh, natives on a boat with them to try to communicate with them on the island. And it. <laughs> they said it turns out that one of them in the past time was speaking a language which was an enemy to to the, to the people on the island so that oh wasn't God. a good thing either uh. but in 1967 an anthrop- uh, anthropologist actually uh, was trying really hard and he was bringing other native people and tribes so he started and over like the process of 15 years he'd bring them coconuts he'd bring them you know like gifts like natural you know shit right and then eventually he not got, like a computer or something no know? no and eventually <laughs> like he got them to like come out to his boat to pick up gifts and stuff but something happened in the and we don't know what happened where that all ended and they, they didn't i bet you one of them got sick but that oh. all ended and then um they didn't want um to yeah. have anything to do with them anymore it's like their own sort of geological fucking ecosystem there. Yeah. You know what and I mean? It's like, so fragile. Like, right. That's can't... what I'm saying. Like, that's why with so, when we talk about aliens coming to Earth and shit like that, like, it's not like they're just going to be walking around, you know, buck fucking alien naked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to have to wear suits or something because it's an entire entirely different ecological system right but they probably don't, where they're but from the, yeah and they don't want anybody there anyway you know so just leave them alone but there has been incidents where ships have wrecked right. and then and then they would have the the crew would have to there's a, a story about in 1867 a ship there was a shipwreck on the shore you could still see the from the drone footage you could see where the the ship is still there right it's disintegrating but th- they wrote that they had to come and get rescued from the British Army, and they had to fight off the natives using furniture 
and right. and throwing rocks and shit at him. What if what if they gave him crazy. like they were and like here here's the Howling franchise and they were like fuck you. And <laughs> they start spearing them to death, cutting off their penises and shit like that, like and fucking make them die slowly. <laughs> Which we almost watched, by the way, uh, before this. I feel like this would have been more appropriate to talk about this uh, before we did the cannibal thing. You know what I mean? Right. Because we were going to watch cannibal movies, and this right. would have been almost identical, perfectly identical. Right. Well, there's other stories like this, too. Right. There it's was- interesting to think about, like, what if all these people are just like they've like lived to their old there? Or they died off because of the ecological system there, too. And they these people are nice, and they just die because there's, like, other stuff there that hasn't has been touched. Yeah. Well, in 2004, there was the big tsunami, which is right there. Oh. So a helicopter went to... Because they, they figured it wiped them out. Like, it completely wiped them out. I saw the pictures so it, of that. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's where the, the newer pictures came from, where the helicopter came out and the And they were the kind of, like, waving at the helicopter... No, they were shooting bow and arrows at the house. That's what it was. Okay. But <laughs> like, I remember no, they were seeing, not waving. I remember I remember someone <laughs> taking pictures of that guy, the missionary, as he went over on board and they no, dropped them off that or something. Was, that wasn't him. So with the missionary, the story with the missionary is he convinced two fishermen to illegally take him over there. And then he wrote in his journals that he, it it well, he wrote in his journal that that was probably a mistake because they didn't speak good English. So they would only take him so far, and then he had to kayak kayak up on the island. So he was there for three days, and he actually journaled um, uh, the first two days, and then of course the last day he didn't he didn't make it. But he became the guest in honor of a cannibal dinner. They did didn't (laughs) eat him, but it's his. So his his journal stories are online. You can read them, and it was inter. Interesting to me because one of his last a- entries he wrote that this is Satan's last stronghold and I have to save them. It was oh really God. pretentious and disgusting. Jesus Christ. But, Next okay. thing you know, they're going to make cannibals use the fucking, they won't even let them use the same restrooms. You know what I mean? So I was curious. I was like, well, how do they know that he really died? Like how, but the fishermen did say they, they went, they went the next day to pick him up from his kayak and they saw they saw them dragging his body and burying it on the beach. Oh. So then the government tried to go to recover the body, but again, they started getting bow and arrowed and shit. So his body is still there on the beach. Nice. And it, I was listening. I could keep going on and on about this because then I was listening to like his father was blamed. His father blamed uh, evangelist Christians. Was Yeah. How do you say that? Evangelicals. He blamed evangelical Christians for their extreme views. Yeah. And it, and that pushed him to go to a, a. Yeah. And get killed. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And actually, the direct Justin Lin, the director of Fast and the Furious, a movie is in the works about him. Right. About John. They're like, Allen we can't Dow. reach modern people. Let's go back in time <laughs> to Pangea. No, I'm just kidding. It's funny too, cause cause in one of his okay in one of his journal entries, and again this is just so pretentious. He wrote about uh, some of the children were were shooting the bow and arrows at him, and he had the Bible up in front of his chest, and one of the bow and arrows went through the Bible. <laughs> wow! It's like oh my god! It's like the flask, you know, that they always talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, or the watch. Them. He's like, my father gave me this watch, and then by the end of the movie, he takes a right, bullet in the chest, exactly. and it's like. <laughs> That's what it was. And then there was one more thing which I thought was funny because he was writing about, like, he was 
like the the they were yelling at him something so he repeated it back to them and they laughed at him and i was like oh that's so interesting Ooh. right that's so spooky so satan got inside of him and he was like maybe he was treating the the the, the natives poor or something you know and then they started shooting at him no i think because the natives were probably saying something in their language that was like you fucking idiot get out of here and he, he they he repeated it back to him so they were laughing yeah like well Anyway, that's my my well, my my happy Monday story. The for prices, you. Uh, the price of grooming. You know, that's what I say. <laughs> How is that grooming, hey, Christina? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Always giving me shit, dude. Jesus Christ! God. I'm just making bad jokes. Ugh. Just let me make bad jokes. So I'm just trying to tell a story. Oh my God! And I then didn't all of a sudden, all the fucking dicks. You didn't even dicks. write the story. <laughs> Jesus did. You trying to take credit for Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think it might be that time. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. You're right. Yeah, we're not doing tour shots this week. <laughs> Taking a little break on the liver, I guess. Or yeah, we're going to skip this week. We're just going to take a break this week. There's a little bit too much work sometimes, you know? Yeah, we're, we were kind of in a rush to get things done today, and I it's just been... Yeah, anyway, you don't hear any of that shit. So <laughs> we're just going to jump right into our flesh and potatoes of Bruno Mattier, his two movies, his last two movies, which are Island of the Living Dead from 2006 and... Zombies, the beginning from 2007. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. So before we kick this off, I thought it'd be nice to kind of sit down and get to know the director since we're doing two of his movies. I figured we kind of put a little spotlight on Bruno Mattei and uh, talk a little bit about his life. I thought it'd be fun to talk about since some of you guys really don't know. And, you know, I don't know everything, but I pretty I know him pretty well for the most part. I own a lot of his movies and you've probably seen a lot of them. So Bruno Mattei is the director of Hell of the Living Dead. Violence in a Women's Prison, Strike Commando 1 and 2, Zombie 3, Rats, Night of Terror, which is one of my favorites, Robo War, which was like a knockoff of fucking Robocop or Terminator, you name it, Shocking Dark, which was like Aliens ripoff, he did that multiple times, mm -hmm. Aliens is probably one of the most ripped off movies in history, Ever. yeah. It was also called uh, Terminator 2, by the way, because they somehow wrap Aliens and Terminator 2 into the fucking movie, or Terminator. And uh, he also helped co-direct the Night Killer movie and, and many, many more. He started out as an assistant film editor, so his father was a film editor as well. He had uh, started with a sound mixer, he moved up to editor, and then they let him direct and write mostly direct and when he did he was a b-movie legend guys like this is lots of homages or rip-offs a lot of people would say uh some say both actually because i mean they aren't exactly like them but you can definitely see where he's pointing out to them so that he could whip up a movie that is very similar to what was popping off at the time he was a uh, he's well known for that in fact a lot of producers hired him specifically 
for that reason. So, but many call him the copycat or ripoff king because whenever a film became popular, he would be the one that they would call to make an unofficial sequel or some sort of remake of. And he worked with a lot of genres doing it too. So it wasn't just horror. He actually worked with, you know, doing a lot of exploitation films, period. Most all of his films had a little bit of exploitation in them somehow. But he did women in prison uh, genre, the nunsploitation one, zombies, mondo, cannibal, Nazi erotic sexploitation films, um, which he wasn't very fond of, by the way. But that was very early on. It was like a 70s thing. But he grew up in Rome around films. Like I said, his father was an editor, so he was around an editing studio his whole life. He went to film school and graduated in 1951, and supposedly he edited over 100 films, I guess, in his lifetime. But nobody can really, like, pinpoint what all of those films are because, obviously, he probably did it sometimes for pay without credit. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Right. In the movie industry, especially if your father's a fucking editor. Right, it makes sense. So, But he did work for other studios, not just his father, Mm -hmm. uh, from what I gather. He also worked with a lot of people, some that didn't always get along with him, like Claudio Fragasso, which was one of his big spats, his uh, big uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to say Hollywood, but celebrity spats of two different directors working together to make films. You know, they weren't always against each other. They actually worked on a lot of films together before they got into not wanting to talk to each other again. But I think Claudio Fragasso always has respected him, but wasn't too happy with him working on his Night Killer movie, which we did an episode of, which I love. It's one of my so bad it's good films that I absolutely love. Extremely long scenes where they like do one take. And they're they're poorly acted, and it's about a guy who is wearing a Freddy mask and glove and kills people by punching him in the chest. And that was kind of a side story added in by none other than Bruno Mattei. Mm -hmm. Now, that wasn't his fault. It was the producers wanted him to come in after he'd finished his movie to add gore to the film because they were worried that it was going to bomb. And when Claudio found out about that, he was... He felt completely disrespected because he always looked up to and at least thought maybe he was somewhere near Mm -hmm. the level of Bruno. And so this caught a cut a big divide between them for a long time. And I don't even think they spoke again before they haven't spoken. They never spoke before he died, too. So Mm -hmm. he's I think he's talked about it a few times, too. But, you know, he he did work with him on other movies that they did work together. They're both stubborn, you know, people. And so was Lucio Volci. I mean, a lot of these directors really kind of, you know, had a lot of that. But let's just say if you see the, the Night Killer movie and you see any of the chest punching scenes or the gore scenes, a lot of those are definitely added in obligatory style by that were directed by Bruno. Mm-hmm. So, but they worked on other films like true story, none of Monza and three for one in 1990. And I think it was about 1991 when they kind of went their own separate ways. I think a lot of ways, um, Bruno got a little bit of notoriety when he took over the Lucio Fulci film zombie three famously, because you know, they were shooting that in the Philippines Fulci wasn't doing too good health-wise, 
and he really was not into the project that much. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of backed out super early and they still kept his name on it because, you know, it's Fulci. Mm -hmm. It's going to help sell that movie more, unfortunately, than Bruno, (laughs) (laughs) who would be Vincent Dawn or, you know, Martin. Right. But Bruno finished up the film and I would say it's more his film than Fulci's by a long shot. So if you like Zombie 3, that's Bruno. Which some of his other more popular films came out after that, too, like Robo War, Shocking Dark, which incorporated elements, like I said, about, you know, other films like Aliens and Terminator. And then he started putting out direct video movies and doing TV miniseries like a lot of other Italian directors did around this time as a, as the industry was sort of drying up. A lot of places started to charge more, I think, uh, in Italy to shoot films. So they, that's why they always look for the cheapest spot. Part of the reason Bruno shot so many films in the Philippines technically was because of the cost of things. And, you know, it's just he'd done a lot of the action films in the Philippines. He'd done the Zombie 3 movie in there and he just got to know the people that worked on it. And they worked really well. They like did really well. They worked really well. And they would like share tables with each other. Like it was pretty wild stuff. And obviously it was cheap. So then... Matt Bruno ended up working uh, with uh, as a director almost exclusively for Italian producer Giovanni Palucci, who uh, wrote the stories for these two movies that we're going to be talking about today. And he also produced them. So he started working exclusively with them because they were they were old school friends like they known each other before both of them got big. He was an editor, and I think at the time, Giovanni wasn't even a producer yet. He was just like a secretary. So they were both very early in their career, and they became friends early on and stayed in touch. And then, obviously, after Fergasso and him split up, they kind of bonded together in 91, and they started working together on a lot of films in the Philippines. Uh, Pellucci produced most of all of of Matty's films, and beginning with the dangerous attraction and ending with the final film, which is Zombies, the beginning, which we'll be talking about last. But he continued to direct films right up until his death in the middle of fucking this movie of the second film, the the Zombies beginning. Uh-huh. He ended up getting sick. He had had some health problems with a brain tumor. Shit, he was 75. Like, yeah. That's old. He was dealing with it and he was on the up and up. Like things were like starting to like heal. And he was doing better, and then he just got sick, and they tried to go in, and he ended up dying on May 21st, 2007, at the age of 75. So Dang. Yeah. Which they don't really talk about too in-depth, probably out of respect, but... Well, I mean, also, he was old. Like, he was at that age. Like, you could go at any day. Yeah. So, I mean, there really doesn't have to be a reason, because it's old age. Right. It's old age. But he, they say he's one of the last of those types of directors. Like, he's, you know, like Fulci, him, and all these other directors. Yeah, you got Claudio Fragasso, who does his own style. And you got Michele Suave, who, you know, has also acted and grown up around a lot of these directors. But they're they're considered more modern. You know what I mean? They're like... They're not that brood of Italian cinema Mm -hmm. that like made the magic happen in in Italy and across the world. So Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything about either of them as a director or anything like that. They're both very great directors. They've done great films. Mm -hmm. Well, some say (laughs) the worst films for Claudio Fergasso, but I still like them. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to kind of share some about Bruno because, uh, you know, he's not as 
spotlighted. Right. Even you, though he has a huge array of films. And you appreciate his work. So. Right. And it's funny. He's a very humble guy. Like, they talk about him in there, and they were like, he would say to you, you know, every one of my films I don't like, and I would like to remake them. <laughs> so, I mean, he was he was just a perfectionist that never, you know, he got shit done. So, all right, guys, Christina did the work on the first one. So do you want to go ahead and kick it out? Island of the Living Dead released in 2006 on video. And DVD. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be <laughs> well, probably later Blu-ray, on. too, then. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. 2006, that's when it was like Blu-ray versus HD. Well, technically, DVD. this I don't think this ever got a Blu-ray release. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. A group of treasure hunters survive a shipwreck only to find themselves stuck on a deserted island that's been overrun with ferocious flesh-eating zombies. Tagline, where the hungry dead feast on the flesh of the damned. This is too much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, long. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's not very catchy, you know what I mean? Right. Directed by Bruno Mattei, a.k.a. Vincent Dawn. In this movie, yeah. And the next one. No, it was uh, Martin Miller on the other one. Oh, sorry. Did he used you... aliases like all Italian directors did to try to appeal to the U.S. market. And Alex pretty much already talked about all the movies he's done and everything. So it was also written by Antonio Tintori. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the story. Uh, he also did Dracula 3D from 2012. Oh, the Dario Argento one. Yeah. Mad Macbeth from 2017. Frankenstein 2000, 1992. That was a Roger Howard film, by the way. Was it? The, the Dracula 3D. Oh, okay. He, he played, I think he played uh, the hunter. What's his name? Um, Anthony Hopkins. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yes, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> but yes, Anthony Hopkins. Oh my God, why am I completely blank? They did a whole movie about him and everything. Yeah, what is his name? I forgot his name. Van Helsing. Oh yeah, Van Helsing. That's him. Yeah. We also uh, written by... Uh, Giovanni Pellucci did the screenplay. He did the Ark of the Sun God from 84, Dracula 3D again, and Terminator 2, 1989. Which is shocking dark. Yeah, yeah not the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, which is funny, though, because when the last... Uh, we haven't been to a convention in a long time because we've just been so broke. Uh, like, I know, and Mad Monster's coming up here yeah, this it weekend. Yeah, sucks. We're just so broke, we can't. Nope, no um, But yeah, the last time we went, Robert Patrick was there. And he had a table and a booth and everything like that. And he, he went over to the Severn table and took a picture with the Terminator 2 cover. Oh, yeah. Which is technically an illegal cover. Right. You know, like it was like... It's copyright infringement. Right. Just like they did for Night Killer, they made Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Right. And it was like, you know, so, it, you know, this is the thing that they would do. This is, But I just thought it was interesting to mention. <laughs> Starring Yvette Lizon. Who plays Shan- Sharon? <laughs> Sharon. Sharon. I'm uh, Sharon. She was also in My Lay 4 from 2010. Uh, the next movie we're watching, an anime Persuite from 2016. I think it's just Purse. Whatever. Uh, we also have Gaetano Russo, who plays Kurt. Russo. Russo, who plays Kurt. He was in Lady Hawk from 85, Crazy mm. Blood from t- 2006. Trauma from 1980 and lots of Italian stuff. Speaking of Rutger Hauer, I think he was in Lady Hawk with Matthew Broderick. Oh. Uh, also, Alvin Anson, who plays Fred, was <laughs> in Expressway from 2016, and he was on the Jack Irish TV show. As well as the next movie, by the way. And we have Idalia Suarez, who plays Victoria. 
She was in In the Land of the Cannibals from 2004. Another Bruno movie. There you go. And we have Jim Gaines, who plays Snoopy. He <laughs> was in Faster from 2010, Blackfire, 85, RoboWar, 88, and Strike Commander 2. You know, I recognize him from RoboWar. I have that yeah. movie. We we bought that movie, too, because I just been, I've been wanting to collect every Bruno movie. Uh-huh. I'll probably get most of all of Bruno's movies before I get all of Lucio Fulci's by this point. Uh-huh. Because me, I just like the weirder, crazier ones than the than the ones I love. You know what I mean? I don't know why. It's just a collecting thing, I guess. I couldn't find the budget, but Alex, what, what oh, about yeah. this movie? Okay, so first of all, this is a 2006 zombie film made by an old school director of zombie or you know italian horror films back in the day so it's kind of done in a way that is like a throwback to that style because he didn't lose his own style or evolve on it It, i mean he evolved on it in some ways but it does feel like an older movie while you're watching it Mm -hmm. and part of that is because the glorious english dubbing in it Mm-hmm. Which I feel like, I don't know. I'm okay with that. Like, you know how everybody always gets mad about fucking animes if they're not in their native language, if you don't watch them, or if you watch a movie without it? I don't feel that way about Italian films. Right. It's not like, oh, we need to watch an Italian mm-hmm. with subtitles. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the way you're supposed to watch it. Right. Because a lot of those movies never had, we never had that version. So we grew up on all those. So it's nostalgic to us for that reason. Mm -hmm. And these movies feel very nostalgic in that regard, especially this one that does a lot of like really terrible acting. Terrible. (laughs) I mean, it is pretty bad. Like we're talking tolerable, but bad. Very like, I think it's because it has that old Italian flair about it that I'm actually more understanding of it oh. than I would be of films like today. So that so they purposely overact. Right. It's like, I don't know. I'm so used to it. I did, It didn't bother me that much. But this is going to be a hard one for a lot of regular visitors to the horror genre. Yeah, if you're just kind of passing through saying hello, this is not going to be that movie for you. These are for those deep diving fucking Italian horror fans who like people like Bruno <laughs> and, and like shitty movies that are made with really schlocky fucking blood and gore, which I will say in this movie is as shitty as it is. Uh, it is is pretty elaborate story that they don't really explain very well. It seems to be a sort of a hybrid mix of voodoo zombies that have vampires in them and uh Spanish Necronomicons yeah. and Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft and literally everything you can think of in this movie. There are lines directly ripped from Night of the Living Dead in here. There are lines from vamp- Interview with the Vampire. I mean, it is chock full of them. These we, we were calling them zombie vamps because yeah. but the, the fucked up thing is, is that as ingenious as that would have been to have in a movie, they never go about explaining it. Nope. They just have some voodoo shit in the beginning of the movie during the Spanish Inquisition on some islands off the south of... Uh, uh, in the, somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> it was supposed to be shot in Argentina, but they ended up going with the, the Philippines. Philippines. 
So, but there's like this amalgamation of different types of people. There's a lot of Filipino people wearing Spanish conquistador armor (laughs) and like fucking, uh, it's just a mix of everything. We've got probably German actors playing Englishmen and everybody is dubbed, which is glorious. It makes, like I said, it just makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. But it's like about this group of people that go to this island uh, accidentally, as a matter of fact, which another ripoff is Amando de Osorio's Tombs of the Blind Dead are in here. They're on a boat and that boat, cause it gets foggy. Their engines overheat. It stops in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden there's a fucking island in front of them, mm-hmm. which is a little different than ghosts of Ga- the galleon, the ghosts uh, galleon, which is like a the third movie in the Tombs of the Blind Dead uh, quadrilogy. And uh, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I just like that about it. Mm-hmm. I, at first, I was like, OK, this one's going to be the dumb one and then I don't like so much. And the next one's going to be. I'm not going to spoil which one's better just yet, but like, I'll just say I was surprised at this one because it has some interesting things that are done in it. The gore in it is actually pretty decent. There are a lot of interesting characters in the movie, even if they're not handled very well. Like Mm -hmm. it it is all over the place. This is a movie that is like literally just popping off on all these different things. And there's too much of a story in here to really understand what is happening. There's some sort of, base on the island that is a laboratory that they're doing research on simultaneously there's also a fort on this island where the spanish conquistadors actually uh hid or something like that uh from the the natives or something like that but this island has been shut off to 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 everyone for uh, a thousand years and there these people happen upon it again and guess what there's a bunch of fucking vampire zombies on the fucking island that are biting people. They look kind of fresh and they don't look thousand year old. Right. <laughs> Although there are some monk ones in this film, but there is just so many different homages in this. I kind of like it specifically for that reason. Mm-hmm. But again, this is not for people who are just casually watching horror films. If you have dug in the bottom and you know Italian horror films and you enjoy them and you're kind of running out of stuff to watch, this might be something that you might want to put on your plate to enjoy one random night with pizza and beer with people. You really don't have to pay that close of attention because it really doesn't explain that much. Mm -hmm. But the characters in this one make this one a little bit more enjoyable, I think. Um, I would probably still only give this one a four, maybe a 4.5 out of 10. Wow. But that's on a scale based on like, hey, I know this is going to be a shit movie. You appreciate these things. Right. It's not on a scale of, hey, every four movie is like, you know, it's going to it's going to waver for different things. You can't compare this movie, which had no budget to a movie that does. So you have to give it some credit where credit is due. It feels better than in like a shot on video movie, but it still has that spirit of it. It is very underground and very uh, too much going on. So what about you, Christina? So like you said, the acting was like atrocious, but I think the voice acting like superseded (laughs) the regular acting. Dude, some of the dialogue was pretty great. Dude, because it was just overdone too, but it was just, it was so much better. Whoever was voice acting this, it was great. It's great. And I forgot to mention, this isn't a funny, like so bad it's good film. It's just kind of a film. 
Yeah, because unfortunately, like, there was slow parts, which made me lose interest to the point where, like, I had a hard time trying to stay with it. You know right. what I mean? But it's funny, too, because this movie seems a lot older than it is. It seems like it's it was like an early 2000 or an early 90s yeah, movie. Exactly. And it, this is like what 2006, because I remember halfway through, I was like, what year did you say this right. was from? 2006. What was it shelves for a long time or something? No. But I thought that it was weird. But if this was an early 2000s movie or early 90s movie, I would say, like, the imagery was kind of cool. And the, and like you said, like, the makeup and the gore was, it was really cool. They didn't, like, overdo the special effects. Like, the gore the was practical. just like it in the 80s. Or in the, yeah, yeah, it was. The practical effects was great. Like, that was worth a point. Right. <laughs> but... The, when they would go into these buildings and stuff, it literally looked like Halloween haunted houses. <laughs> like there'd be skeletons on the wall and like cotton spider webs, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Like it literally was like that. And that that was hard for me to be like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> right. Wow. I thought there would. Okay. So they like hinted at the beginning to the, the zombie vampire thing. Yeah. And I really wish there was more vampires in this movie. Right. I wish they would have explained it more, too. Yeah, or, you know, had, like... They had some... a whole second movie to do it, too, and they didn't even do it there. Yeah, had some sort of lore to, where like, why this why this came to this island or whatever. Right. The full-on... They've ripped off, like, some obvious scenes with Interview with a Vampire, which I actually thought was hilarious. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious. And then you kept pointing out other movies, and I was like, oh, okay, it's one of these movies. Yeah. This guy, it's this director, okay. Because I also think this movie was kind of like a Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that's why I kept where, saying yeah. zoinks in the yeah, movie. Yeah, they kept, like, walking around. Trying like, to find looking. out different tombs and, and different parts of the fort and shit. Yeah. yeah. The other funny. thing was is that they would all separate, too, and each of them would have, like, an experience with a, either a ghost, a... Uh, uh, a different type of movie that they're paying homage to, a different type right. of zombie, a different vampire. It was like this movie had an identity crisis and like had so many. Yeah, it was like they just had so many ideas. They were like, we're just oh, we going to fit it in. Fit yeah, it we're going to fit it in somehow. And it just doesn't make sense in that but, regard. Yeah, but that is interesting that each character has a different movie. Right. That, That's what I kind of liked about it, it yeah, in the end. I like, I like how you explain that. So I'll give it a. I'll give it a three out of ten. I wasn't gonna give it a two, but you just talked me up to a three. <laughs> See? See, you can influence people. That's that's my my uh influence. I'm just a point and a half above the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh no. I uh, you know, the the thing I will say about this movie is is that I thought this I like literally went in on this movie thinking this is gonna be the stepping stone movie that we're just going to watch and be done with. And honestly, I liked it. I'm just going to say it. I liked it better than the other one. And I'll explain why when we talk about the next movie. But yeah, this one actually surprised me. Each of the little little segments that they had for each of the characters was kind of like it's like its own segment. And I kind of like that for that reason a little bit. But even if I didn't like the stories in each one of those segments, it still was doing something different than I expected. Plus, the like she said, the gore is really pretty awesome like you see people's heads when get they popped. Have it. yeah like it, it isn't as frequent as we would hope but it's decent and it, it does remind you of the old days mm -hmm. so but we do have some trivia on this not much 
And then we'll talk about a few of our favorite scenes, some maybe the homages or something like that, mm -hmm. and uh, what we liked or didn't like. But if you want to check this out, you can on Amazon. You can rent it, uh, or I'm sure you can find it somewhere else, anywhere digital. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So I, when I mentioned the homages, 100% a lot of the ones that I mentioned were in there. The only one that surprised me was the H.P. Lovecraft and the Edgar Allan Poe one. Oh. those were the different books on the table. So there was H.P. Lovecraft oh. book on the table. Uh -huh. There was a Necronomicon book on the table and an Edgar Allan Poe book on oh, the table. Okay. And an interview with a vampire and Rice book on the table. So funny. So all four of those books are on the table for that homage, which, you know, it was added by Bruno, of course, during the shooting of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it was not in the script. He wanted it in there. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> Gia, uh, Giovanni Paolucci was talking about their relationship and how Bruno loved doing action and horror, but he really couldn't handle any of the erotic stuff. So, like, he doesn't mean directing-wise, but he said that whenever they would do an erotic movie together or an erotic scene together, he would be like, okay, you deal with the actors. I don't want to on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I guess it made him a little shy, uh -huh. and he didn't want to come across this weak. Right. Probably to the actors. Mm -hmm. So he just let the producer do it. <laughs> Another funny thing is, is that, you know, they, they, they collaborated on a, you know, like I said, 15 films and were together literally nonstop for the last 10 years of his life. And they did like 15 films all together in the Philippines, including the cannibal ones like Mondo Cannibal and the Land of the Cannibal one that you had mentioned that we were talking about the, mm -hmm. in the in the Land of the Cannibals, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, that was in 2002, 2003. And Ruggiero Diodato, who did the original Cannibal Holocaust and all these other films, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was kind of like they stepped on his stuff in uh, a way, which a lot of people had already done that. Uh, Luigi Cozy, I think, did. A couple other people did a lot of cannibal. It was a big thing for a while was cannibal films in the late 70s and the 80s and, you know, before the zombies started really taking over and everything like that. Rug, he's he was like, you know, I always wanted to work with Ruggiero Diodato in the future, maybe produce one of his films or something like that. <laughs> and he said when he met him, finally, he said he brought up those movies that I did with fucking Bruno and he was not happy. <laughs> he said, I guess just, you know, some people take offense to that kind of thing. He's like, I never tried to hide it from him. Right. You know, I just didn't. I think I was more of an homage. That's just how Bruno was. Right. He wasn't trying to disrespect anybody. Mm -hmm. So, but he was not too happy with them that they produced those newer films. So other than that, there really isn't that much uh, more about this. I, I tried to watch all the extras and everything. There's really not a lot. So makes sense. Christina, what do you want to mention? The, the first initial thought when you started watching this movie, like what was the... I was like, oh, this might be pretty cool because there's like this dead lady like crawling like on the ground after these these people. And then all of a sudden, bang, she gets her head like blown off and her head explodes in one shot. Right. Like everywhere. And then there's a vampire. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was so weird because you see the teeth and it's very clear, but they never oh, yeah. explain it once. And then the, actually the vampires don't even show back up until the end of the movie. Right. It's weird. I feel like they got overrun by zombies and then, you know, because they there's had to like, like go into hiding. Right. Because there's this like black magic stuff going on. There's a lady, lady playing a lute in it, mm -hmm. like all 
crazy and she's dead and she's also alive there's another lady in the movie who's wearing a pendant and this lady rips it off and she's like hey that's mine give it back in the stupidest most dubbed fucking voice ever um that old lady looked cool though yeah that's true um yeah i kind of had the same feeling when i first started watching it was like okay you know what? This feels like an old fucking movie. I can kind of get into this a little bit. And then it's like nothing really happened. Yeah. It's like after that happened, this big dump of information, you're just supposed About to know what's hunters. supposed to go hunting. Like, yeah. So supposedly the Spanish conquistadors uh, had pillaged all these like uh, treasures or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the ships sank to the bottom of the ocean and one didn't. And. One ended up at the island and they started fighting with the natives and then there was like an issue there with dead people. And so they tried to like, you know, do the right thing and get rid of their bodies and it just got out of hand and people started getting attacked and no one lived Mm -hmm. somehow. And then it just goes to the future where there's like this other group of people who are, what are they on a boat for? What was their thing? They were like just fishing. Oh no, they were looking for the treasure. Yeah, they were they they were looking for the treasure and they actually found a chest. They, they found a chest up, at the bottom. And yeah. then the the bottom of the chest came open and everything poured out. So they're all mad at each other no, and they I'm, were arguing. I'm getting confused between both movies, that's why I'm like yeah. Um but yeah, I remember that. And the one guy jumped in, the Snoopy guy. Yeah, to go look for the coins. I got a knife. I got a knife. And she was like, Shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then a mysterious fog rules in you know right just like the ghost galleon when the the people were on their their cruise ship and then they mm, or their dinghy boat and they disappear and then Where did we go yeah and then they find this island and they go on and they go to check it out and you know for the longest time there's like literally nothing anywhere and the boat engineer he's of course on the on the ship <laughs> doing the worst <laughs> impersonation of an engineer he's just like touching his hand on things to make it seem like he's actually... I'm pushing buttons. Yeah, like he's fixing the boat. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that, like, it's not just all localized in this one little area, you know, for the engine. That's funny. <laughs> so, but he's, like, just touching the red dials like like it's actually doing something. But they go back to him while they're on this island. And they split up on the island. And they go back to the engineer. And he gets eaten alive, and it takes forever, but not before he pushes a button to blow the motherfucker's sky high, which, of course, strands everybody on the island, and somehow they lose their little tiny dinghy boat, and so that's gone. And Yeah, then they can't get back, so there you go. So when they were split up on the island, and they go into a graveyard, and then they totally did the Night of the Living Dead scene. Oh, the, the homage, yeah, yeah. with her and her brother. Oh, it's coming to get you, coming to get, and it did. We're coming to get you, Sharon. Yeah. They say, They're gonna get you, Sharon. They're gonna get ya. And they did, so there you go. Yeah, he, the zombie comes up, he's like, oh, look, there's one of them now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, and even the guy falls over and hits his head on a tombstone, did you notice? Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, they even did that, you know? Yeah. And then, instead, they have some fucking filipino man come in and just start kicking the shit out of the zombie but he just dies and everybody just leaves him to die like they literally could have helped him because it it looked like he was winning right and then all of a sudden he's like help me help me and they're like we gotta get out of (laughs) here they just leave him they did like what the fuck dude (laughs) that was funny uh, what was his name? Towel. That was his name. Towel. Right. Towel. Yeah. And it was like, they just fucked Towel over, man. Like, they didn't mm. even give a fuck. 
We were just like laughing about how stupid that was. Um, so they're panicking about the raft gone or their dinghy or whatever. And one guy is like going wild. This is the guy that comes back in the um, uh, other one. What was he called in this one? You you have his name in here. Oh, yeah. The, the captain of their ship, by the way, is called Captain Kirk. Okay, come on. <laughs> Great. Jesus Christ, like on the nose Captain there. Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk. Yeah, Alvin Anson, who plays Fred, the shotgun-wielding maniac. <laughs> He's kind of a badass in this movie. He ends up dying anyway because everybody leaves him alone. Mm-hmm. But one guy's like, he's pumping the rounds into these zombies and kicks one of them. And while grabbing it, his hand comes off and he kind of looks at it like, what the fuck? And then he pumps around into his arm and his arm just comes flopping off pretty cool looking too mm-hmm. and then he like stares at it and this other zombie's like coming up behind him and he's like entranced by it and i'm i'm assuming okay that they were trying to say that he was a vampire zombie mm-hmm. and it was using its powers on him oh yeah 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 but they don't explain it so it just looks like he's stunned or stupid yeah or forgot he's what he was shock. supposed to do as an actor <laughs> and so this other girl has to fight this other zombie off of him and he's like she's like what are you doing and he's like oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks down He's like transfixed about this thing. He, oh, oh, maybe it was a different zombie. I think he shoots another zombie's arm off. And then the little hand starts growing out of the stump. Oh, yeah, that was weird. And I was like, what the fuck? That they looked can-. really cool. I was like, that's kind of a neat addition to zombies. Like, yeah. like there's some good ideas in this movie, but man, are they poorly executed in so many ways. Well, in the Bruno Mattei that's way. It's just boring. Yeah, but I mean, it's still cool. Like, I still like this one. Uh, and again, I'm surprised because I thought it was going to be the one that I liked the least and I liked this one the most. Mm-hmm. But they get away and they're holed up in some sort of like fort. Like a, it's like a fort where the, the, the old fort that was on the island long before. And they are faced with like a, these skeleton reapers that are literally just dudes and, and fucking monk suits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're obviously alive. <laughs> But they just keep pretending like they're statues or something like that, which is just kind of ridiculous, but kind of like awesome in the same regard. Yeah. Kind of like when you watch a kid's movie, like when they try to make a movie and you see the kid moving and they're like, oh, it just it just like breaks reality a little bit. Mm -hmm. But they keep this going on for way too long Mm -hmm. until I think Sharon's like by herself with him at one point in time. Right. Yes. And then they like all like attack. Mm-hmm. And then they have like, that's what it was. What was that homage? You said it was interview of the vampire where they pick her body. They pick the body. Oh, up. yeah. The yeah. The people in the robes. Yeah. They grab her. It was the interview of the vampire scene when they went to the theater and the, the girl was naked and she was like running for her life and he grabs her and he bites her and then he picks her up and then he tosses her. Right. That, it was that scene. Was she so pointed funny. that out and I was like, I don't remember that. I was like, oh my reason. God, this is exactly the scene. Right. And another one was when they were reading the books on the table. They read from each of them, by the way. And she was like reading this guy's diary and he was like, and then I set out, he's like, and then I watched the sunset for the very last time as if it was the first. Which it was, yeah. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. And I was like, here we go. Not only that is they, she started setting the coffins on fire. So the, the, oh, like, yeah. then like one of the bodies like popped up uh, and was like dancing around on fire and shit, just like that scene. 
<laughs> so I was just like, what the fuck is going on? This is a zombie movie. <laughs> they kind of do explain. There is an info dump part in the movie where Captain Kirk, he's like, he tells a data log. <laughs> <laughs> data log. Yeah. Uh... Captain Kirk's log. <laughs> Entry number 556. And they discuss the Spanish galleon, which they called the, um, the legend of some fucking ship i don't know what it was anyway it was they were like oh there was a spanish galleon with a lot of loot in it and it got taken into the fog and disappeared and the whole crew was gone when they found the ship another galleon followed and found nothing on board and then he talks of beasts and zombies and i think he's making a nod to armando armado diasaros tombs of the blind dead here again it's it's gotta be they didn't mention it in the extras about that nod but it's gotta be because it is a spanish film you know what i mean and it's, yeah. this is an italian film even if it's in the philippines supposed to be in argentina <laughs> anyway they talk about also in there they, they read about how the fog swallowed up a group the group that fell to the bottom of the sea who went to go get the treasure or whatever and the bodies of the dead woke up on the ocean floor to come back to the island and in this book they read about that's where they read the part about the interview with the vampire thing where he watched the sunset the vampires turn everybody into zombies is that what yeah there was also that scene where he was like talking to the spanish ghost and they're like sharing a, a glass together oh, yeah, that was weird. which was like a nod to something else i think mm-hmm. snoopy in this movie was kind of a, a wild character because he's supposed to be kind of like the the like sort of token black badass kind of guy you know mm-hmm. what i mean but like <laughs> he's just you know snoopy you know what i mean like he's Uh wearing a snoopy shirt too on top of it which i guarantee you they did not get licensing for that oh yeah (laughs) it was great but he's just kind of like a dude you know what i mean like he should have been like uh, this soldier of fucking you know like with like a i don't know like a shotgun and like grenades a bandolier across his chest you know but he's wearing like shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt Which I I just thought was really funny. And he makes an appearance again in the sequel because he dies and gets bitten. turns into a zombie. Right, because he has this segment with this uh, woman who plays the fucking lute. And it's like a Spanish lute. And she plays some tail and has a dance with him and then bites his neck. Yeah, so he's in the second one as a zombie, which is that was kind of cool. Right, which I'm pretty sure they shot these back to back. Right. Because it seems like it. It's kind of stupid because they ended this movie stupid for them to. But we'll talk about that. Well, the the stupid part is that they don't explain why there's vampires, zombies and fucking black magic and voodoo in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know where the voodoo guys are, but they just happen to be on this island Mm -hmm. and they're never seen again. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of weird. Right. And one of them is wearing like a fucking old like farmer hat with made of straw. Mm-hmm. That they would have worn in like, you know, the 1700s or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what was it, like 1358 or something like that? <laughs> I don't even know, but it's just crazy. Everybody pretty much dies except Sharon. You know, they, they built this raft outside and they're talking about taking it. And she's like, wait here, because that one guy, Fred, gets hurt. And she goes back in to find fight all these things which is ridiculous. We're like, why did she, I kept asking Christina, I'm like, why, why did she go back in? And we couldn't figure it out. We don't know why she went back in. Right. I guess she was looking for Snoopy something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So she breaks free from all the zombies. 
they come and attack her and she leaves on the raft and a helicopter comes to save her and they pull up onto the helicopter they pull her up onto the helicopter and she's got like a scratch on her face and passes out they say oh we can't we couldn't save her and she sits they up they pronounce her dead yeah and then she sits up as a zombie yeah exactly that's how they end it right which is the beginning of the next movie pretty much yeah uh and it goes into that but yeah but still even said it still made more sense in this movie than the next movie right you know the more i talk about it the more i think like just how fucking all over the place this one was so much it's really weird so we do have another movie to talk about and that is zombies the beginning from 2007 the sequel the direct sequel to island of the living dead it is also known as zombie la creation the creation so, and it's zombie spelled like the zombie that Lucio Falci did, because this is technically supposed to be part of that. Oh, but not the other one? I guess. Oh, that totally makes sense. I don't know. Zombie, well, because zombie was, was, was Dawn of the Dead sequel, mm-hmm. which is, you know, called Zombie 2, because they called Dawn of the Dead zombie in Italy. Crazy. I don't know. So, <laughs> anyway. Know. So, this is Bruno Mattei's final film. A group of rough and tumble Marines led by Captain Jurgens, And no, not the lotion. <laughs> Although I think it is spelled that way. They're sent by the powerful company Tyler Incorporated. Uh, which one of their guys is Taylor, who works for Tyler Incorporated. And he's terrific. Uh, to investigate reports of a zombie outbreak on a remote Pacific island where a series of secret scientific experiments are being conducted. A certain Sharon is brought back into the mix when they finally believe her that this is an actual existing place. The Sharon who turned into a zombie in the last yeah. movie? They call her Dr. Sharon DeMau who's the traumatized lone survivor of the previous zombie rampage. She accompanies a team on their desperate rescue mission. Tagline, when the dead first walked, they have no time for appetizers. What? (laughs) Yeah. Appetite. Oh, okay. So that was the first. They didn't have time for appetizers. Oh, so they did it the the other way. the main course. Oh, okay. I think that's what they're trying to say. Anyway, Bruno (laughs) did the directing giovanni palucci did the production antonio tentori also comes back to help write on it we get a cast we get yvette izan alvin anson as a different character he is taylor in this one by the way taylor who works for tyler incorporated who's terrific and pretty tasty if you don't mind you say so (laughs) i think he's one of my favorite characters of the two yeah other than snoopy right Um, not in this really yeah they also have Paul Holmes, who's a new guy to this. He's the mad scientist Barker, who was a man in a speedboat for Drop Dead Fred and huh. was in Future Hunters, Strike Commando 2, Demon in Paradise, and Silk. Hmm. They also have Gerard Acowl, who plays Johnson. He's the tall, jokey guy mm-hmm. who's trying to bring some of the levity to the screen um but couldn't save this movie uh he was in the swang darna trigger happy together no it's not trigger happy it's trigger and then happy to get her which is spelled together and more we also have mike virgil who plays ludman he was in a subject i love you sits it and more you also have diane craystan who was the black-haired woman that's always getting hugs by Sharon in the movie for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
which is so weird that she just it was like oh you're a woman so you need a hug even though she's this badass like special ops yeah it was really odd it was weird we got james gregory she only did this movie in this movie anime purse that we were talking about earlier we also have james gregory palali who plays the captain he was in angel of destruction raiders of the sun kill zone and sudden thunder Christina. Oh, hi. What did you think of this sequel to Bruno's Almost Trilogy? Well, like you said, it's a continuation from the first movie. And they used a lot of footage from the first movie in this movie, which was kind of irritating. And another movie that they didn't get rights to, by the way. I knew they used stock footage. Did you see how it scrunched up the film? Yes. It didn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I saw it, too. I noticed that, too. It was some outdoor exterior shots of, like, a camp or, like, a base. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's still no explanation going on, and instead of the voodoo zombies and vampires, this time we have alien babies and toddlers. And gorillas. Yeah. It's crazy. I do appreciate the fact that they use these weird fetus things multiple times. Right. Which was kind of cool and creepy. And they also put these alien masks on these toddlers and had them run around and make... Nude. Yeah, and made them... Okay, I didn't like that. Yeah, neither but, did I. But uh, I, they looked cool. Were they nude? I didn't... I wasn't, like, looking. I don't know what it looked like. I wasn't really trying to look, but it's just... There was a couple of times where I'm just, like, when they're moving all weird, I think they you had, can't help but I think, think they had bodysuits on. Maybe, but, yeah. Um, the masks looked really cool because they had, like, the big eyes, and then their mouths were all fucked up. Right. You know, so that was cool. I like that. But again, with the the slow, long, fucking drawn out scenes. But this time, I don't think the dubbing was as good as the first movie. Right. The acting was still horrendous, though. So that kind of sucks. And another movie I thought they, they pulled in to this one was Resident Evil. Mm. Obviously, because they had the company. They bring this company in who's going back to the island to, you know destroy all humanity with these fucking now they're aliens i don't know yeah i don't know where the vampires went but who knows yeah i wasn't really into it i gave it a two out of ten but i'm sure you'll get you'll have a better explanation you know for why i mean it's okay so when we watched the trailer this trailer was the one that we were like okay this is going to be the fun one Mm -hmm. because it does have some pretty wild imagery and it does have some like weird alien babies like just babies being sucked out of women in general like uh, it is insanely that's all we're good for right it reminds me it reminds me specifically of aliens the movie the sequel Mm -hmm. um because there's a scene that literally it's like she's wearing a great t-shirt she's holding a gun that's like this new fucking flame shooting gun that she has and like she sees like alien brood mom and it's like a brain <laughs> and it's just like a total rip off of fucking aliens and Terminator 2. But there's a lot of stuff in this film that, uh, you know, it just uh, it kind of just throws it in there. There's a lot of dream sequences in this one that really make it just not interesting for the first 30 minutes of the movie pissed me off kind of like every time this girl goes to sleep she's having the same dream and instead of just doing it in different ways and like maybe not showing the same thing it's like they put the footage in anyway just to kind of like pad out the movie and i think you know part of that might be because you know obviously bruno had passed away and maybe this wasn't like 
working out the way that they wanted it to, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I feels kind of rushed. The characters are nowhere near as good, although the camaraderie feels a little bit better in it with mm-hmm. some of the soldiers. It's like they're just kind of few and far between, you know, it goes from being jokey, silly, you know, to everyone dying pretty quick. And the those scenes are just like in one particular spot rather than all over the film. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, would be kind of like a regular Western film where you have comedy throughout the whole film, you know? It just didn't work. This one, I don't remember it being as gory as the first one either. Like, right. they do have some head popping and, you know, some, like, baby burning and shit like that, but it's not as good. It's not as entertaining. It wasn't as noticeable. I It's really too quick, and I feel like they used some of the head explosions from the first one. Like, mm-hmm. just to get away with making a sequel. Kind of like they, they did these back-to-back and they ran out of funding for the second one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what probably happened. is because they always planned on doing two films. And they were going to use some of the budget from the first to make a second one. And it just didn't have enough. Because they used so much in the props. Like, and the scenery and everything that it just kind of skimped on everything else. Because mm-hmm. that whole big scene that I'm talking about with aliens and stuff is one of those. So, I don't know. I I didn't like this one as much. It didn't flow as good. It wasn't as fun. It wasn't, you know, it's more along the lines of what I wanted to see, but so jumbled that it just wasn't enjoyable. Right. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate, too, because this is his last film. And I was really kind of hoping for more of what we got on the first one. And it just feels more hollow. Very. And, 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 you know, and the other one isn't exactly great, you know. But this one, unfortunately, is just not one that I'm going to recommend. I don't know. I, I think just watch the first one and you'll be good. But this one's only for those sadists out there who just have to have that in their collection. You. Yeah, but I mean, it's good to have. It's his last film, and it sucks that it's not good, but, you know, whatever. Like he, Shit happens. Yeah, it's like I don't like every one of John Carpenter's movies, you know? Right. You know. Yeah, ha- Halloween kills. Hey, whatever. man, even the Mona Lisa's fading, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I forget what that's from. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I would probably give this one a 2.5 or a 3. Mm-hmm. maybe a three, but it's pretty bad. Right. It's it's really hard to watch. Although I would be interested to see a trilogy if they ever get around to it, and I'll talk about that in the extras. Okay. What did you give it? I gave it a two. Two out of ten. Yeah. So 2.75 between the two of us. There you go. It's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad. And it could be even lower. It could be 2.25. It's pretty bad. Uh, I don't hate it because I like Bruno. It's it's ambitious. Let's just put it that way. A little too overly ambitious that it's so disjointed and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Like the first one, but the first one still gives you funny moments, funny dialogue, and better, like, gore. Mm-hmm. So funnier moments, weirder moments, even though this one really is in line with what I was thinking was going to be for me more. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I even think that the writer even said that the island is his favorite of the two. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all we have to say about that one. We do have some, a little bit of trivia on this movie. 
and uh, I'll talk a little bit about the trilogy. But if you don't want anything spoiled, you can go ahead and check this out. The full movie's up on YouTube, or you can try to find it elsewhere to watch. But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. This is obviously being ri- ripping off Aliens. So as I mentioned, he wanted to lean into Aliens. This isn't even the first time he did Aliens. I think he did like Predator. Uh, which was the Robo War mm-hmm. and Terminator. So it's really weird, like, because it, you know, it has like elements of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one pretty much leans into aliens. I mean, Shocking Dark is aliens. Uh, he's got so many. It's just like he was just a big fan of aliens, I guess, you know. But who isn't, right? There was a third film that was planned, but they never made it because of his death. Bruno Mattei, of course, died uh, in 2007 while shooting this. And the producer said that he never gave up on uh, doing a third film in the trilogy. It was always planned to be, even though they never sat down and wrote anything and drafted anything. He said, I think we could do it. And he said that the only person that he would want to do it is his estranged friend, which is Claudio Fragasso. And I think that is chef's kiss. Yeah. I think it's appropriate, not only because they're two birds of the same feather. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's also like his way of saying goodbye. But for whatever reason, they can't get it off the ground. And I would like to see it before, you know, I would love to see a a third film. Right. Just to add to the trilogy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows of these movies really hardly at all. Mm -hmm. Unless you're like in Italy (laughs) and you like horror probably. Or you're like one of us. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia. So I, like I said, I hope they get a, a trilogy out there one day and he gets to produce it. I'm sure it's not going to be great, <laughs> but I want to see it nonetheless. Right. Christina, what did you think about this movie? Like it, it starts off pretty much how the other movie did. And we got what? The thing that we hate the most that we see so oh, much. Oh God, it was a dream. So her turning into a zombie was a dream. And they had to explain this by having her. Five dream yeah, segments. Five dream, dreams deep, which was absolutely because first she had to wake up in the hospital. She bit a nurse. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh fuck, this is where it's gonna go. Yeah, and it did it. And it's like, oh she great. Wo- she woke up again, and oh, there's the nurse. She's perfectly fine. It's like, oh, they already made poor choices. Great. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exa- Oh, and then okay, and then she has to convince this island not to go. This company, she has to convince this island. Oh my God. She has to convince this company not to go on the island. And you know what that's just like, right? Uh, Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, that's when, right. When, oh, yeah. When yeah. Ripley wakes up and that's her right. daughter, remember she was like, yeah. oh, your daughter passed away. Yeah, she of old age or something. Yeah. She's like, oh. And she's like, and then what's his name from fucking, uh, what's his name? The guy that's the, the executive. Oh, uh, he was Paul in, Schneider? Yeah. No. Paul yeah, he was in a that one sitcom. Yeah, I can't think of what that sitcom was. So it. popular. Everybody too. knows though. Everybody knows. It's um. Hold on. Mad about you. Mad about you. Yes, yeah. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Yeah, we were close. Yeah. Was, <laughs> You're like Paul of- Manafort. Like <laughs> some politics. What the fuck know. are you doing? <laughs> and so then six months. Okay, then six months later. She's a monk on a commune. Yeah, because no one will believe her. Yeah, so she's like, fuck this. I'm not talking anymore. I'm joining the monks. Yeah, so the the corporation that wanted nothing to do with her or the military didn't want anything to do with her. She becomes a monk and she didn't even have to shave her head. Fuck. 
which is bullshit, by the way. I was like, at first, I was kind of sexist. I was like, I don't think there's such thing as a female monk. And come she to find out, I did look it up. And there has been many female monks along the years. But, but they shave their heads so they, they look like men. They always shave their heads. Yeah, they look like men. I don't know if it's because they want to make them look like men. I think it's just... No, it's because they want everyone to look the same. Space monkeys. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a reference to Fight Club. Thank you. Right, that's right. If he's going to do homages, I'm going to do homages in our right back at review, right? Um, so, of course, there's one guy that comes to visit her at the monastery, and he's like, I believe you. And she's like, oh, shit. And she starts talking to him. She was like, I guess I'll break my silence. And then, and then uh, she ends up, he's like, well, I believe you. We did some samples, and we need your help or expertise to stop this so it doesn't get out of control. And she's like, okay, I'm with you. And then she goes to the island with this team of, like, soldiers that are, like, part police, part, I don't know what the fuck they are, Mm -hmm. military special ops that are all having jokes with each other, you know, like the typical funny jokes that you would see in Aliens. Game over, man. Game over. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, the camaraderie that you see with that. They go to the island. They go deeper and deeper and deeper, and they they don't find shit. They're like, where are all the bodies? (laughs) You see blood (laughs) everywhere, but there's no bodies. Uh, And eventually, they go deeper and find a zombie baby fetus, which uh, later a zombie woman has like one pop up out of her stomach, alien style. Crazy. It's more bloody, though. Yeah. Which is, you know, it sounds a lot cooler than it really was when we watched it. It was very kind of, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't that suck? Anticlimactic. Yeah, it was very, like, it just had no... Kind of rushed. Yeah, kind of like, we just got to get this over with. Mm -hmm. And then they burn it. You can hear the the things, the thing, by the way, the movie The Thing. You can hear the sound effects where it's like... Like, just like from the movie, The Thing. Right. Like, if I could play the sound for you and if I have the time, I'll put it in in editing. Okay, so you guys know Mm -hmm. what the fuck I'm talking about. And I don't sound like an idiot. Uh, But yeah, they stole that for sure. Totally. (laughs) Christina was like, what's that? What is that sound? I was like, that's from The Thing. I know that sound anywhere. Right. (laughs) It was the sound when uh, dudes on the table Mm -hmm. and they do the chest compression Uh and then they, they flame. Oh. The body and then the head drips. Okay, yeah. It's that scene. That's how I know it because uh-huh. that sound, he was like, what the fuck is that sound? And then the head gets up and walks away. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back at the lab, they're doing testing and Sharon is like, we need to destroy these samples. And Barker's like, are you kidding? These are Tyler Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor's not going to be terrific if we don't take them on Tuesday. <laughs> too many t's um but she gets pissed she was like you lied to me and then somehow she ends up in the same room again it's seamlessly the the camera work in the movie just place her back in the same room i think they were trying to make it seem like a different testing room but it was the exact same one that they were just in and he locks her in it uh-huh i don't know if she went to sleep and then came back to the room to find him and then locks her in it and then he has all these zombies attack her uh-huh. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? And she barely lives, you know? There's, like, this all, like, uber soldier zombie in there. And she, like, freaks out, and they bust in and save her. And she's like, 
Barker, you're a fucking piece of shit. You know, like you fucking tried to set me up, motherfucker. And they like all run everywhere. And I forgot. There all was, over the place. Do you remember the black haired woman in the movie? They kept getting the hugs all the time. Like right. I, I was just like, what? Is, right. Why? <laughs> like she's this super soldier and she's fucking getting Sharon to pat her back. Yes. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was all about. Anyway, know. that woman, they send her off on a mission. Mm-hmm. to go get an array tower so that they can send a signal to the Coast Guard oh, to, to come get the, fix the antenna. Yeah, to, to get them because um, I forget. Why are they stuck on the island again? Oh, it's to get well, in touch with the ship. Yeah, the submarine. Yeah, it was a submarine in this one. That's right. The whole. Oh, my God. They take a submarine. We know what happens with submarines. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This isn't a three-hour tour, though. <laughs> anyway, um, so they I, I just thought it was really odd that they took a fucking submarine to the island. But I guess they had to get under the fog in order to get there because it would, like, I think that's why they did that. Oh. But they don't, again, this don't movie, explain they it. don't explain it, but you can kind of, like, use critical Piece thinking. Piece it together. Yeah, like, I'm, like I'm piecing right. it together now. Uh <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was the most absurd thing. I was like, what the fuck are they taking a sub for? And they don't really explain. They kind of do, but they kind of don't. There was a part with that woman, though. She goes out to the array to, I guess, contact the submarine that they were uh, trying to get on or whatever. Right. And uh, she goes out by herself after all these zombies just started trying to kill everybody. And they went back to the lab. And it's like, why are you sending her out by herself, dude? Like, right. You should have backup. Yeah. Even, like, even the AC guy, they don't even come out by themselves anymore. They always have backup. <laughs> we had the AC unit guy come out this week. Anyway, <laughs> you're breaking reality. Uh, anyway, so she goes out there by herself. And of course, she gets fucking killed. By this close-up shot of a gorilla, okay? They don't show its face very well, but that was a gorilla. I swear to God. Yeah, it looked like it. It was weird. Like, you could see its nose and its face, and then you see its arm come around a tree and just rip her in half. Right. And (laughs) her legs are standing there, but her body's gone. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But they never show that thing again. Yep, that was it. They never really explain it. And why is there a gorilla? Is it dead? Is it a vampire maybe, gorilla? Maybe is they, it a vampire zombie gorilla? Maybe they were referencing gorilla gorillas in the mist. I have, yeah. You know? Maybe. No. Every character, every character has It would be more Congo scene. than it would be. Oh, okay. Then it's probably that. Yeah, gorillas in the mist was a little, little nicer. Oh, that was emotional. Yeah. That one. I saw that in the, the theater. Shit. Did you cry like a little bitch? I think it was pretty emotional. I do remember that. Because don't they shoot all the the gorillas or something so. like that? I think that's to like the steal their is. hands to make ashtrays or something. <laughs> <laughs> just kick, just kick the bodies in the water. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was some fucked up thing. Anyway, what a reference, dude! I haven't thought about that in forever. That reminds me of Baby, the dinosaur movie, the little like. You don't remember the little... I don't remember that. The, I remember Land the, Before Time. What are the big the big ones? A brontosaurus. It was a baby brontosaurus. Oh. And the guy who's in it is the guy... I think it was the guy from 
Police Academy. It was a live action movie? Yeah. Do you remember the guy from Police Academy? The the main There's guy who was in them. all of them? Oh, and he was uh-huh. in Three Men and a Baby. And he was in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that guy, Tom Zemeckis. I don't know. But Zemeckis. I know, or, yeah. Whatever the fuck his name is. That guy, I think, is in that movie. And I want to rewatch that for some oh reason. Because I remember seeing it with my cousins uh-huh. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's really bad looking. It was like it was like one of the last times they did a dinosaur. And I think we had already seen. No, we hadn't seen fucking Jurassic Park yet. It was before that. Oh, like when they had the show, the dinosaurs. Kind of. No, but it was like a real dinosaur. But it was like very animatronic. Uh, like you could tell. Like, yeah, but that's how they did it back then. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? So <laughs> anyway, funny. sorry, guys. Sorry for derailing. Just then they get signals that the dead are everywhere around them. And they have this standoff with the zombies, and two of the main cast are eaten to death. The big guy and the funny guy. Barker runs from them in his own way, and he just kind of gets away from everybody because he's, you know, the jig is up. He's trying mm-hmm. to kill Sharon and everything. And Sharon and Taylor, they get together. Same Fred guy from the first movie, but his name's Taylor. And he uh, is bitten, and she puts him in the back of the truck, and she goes back in. That's what I was talking about. She goes back in... And we don't right. know why. See, these movies are very similar. Right. Because she put him in the back of the truck and it was the same guy, I was getting the two movies fucking confused. Because it was the same scene with the same people. Right. Oh. It's, it's very similar because both of them were together and he was going shotgun happy, except this time he got fucking bit and he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's weird because she goes back in and she finds like six alien zombie vampires with large cone heads and their little dicks are fucking hanging out and they're moving about like idiots. Like I started laughing because it's supposed to be this like really weird fucking thing, but they're like, (laughs) like, I don't know if I can even show it on like TikTok or something like that. They might not be able to see them because they're kind of tiny, but I, I, I was like, are they nude? Because the reason I thought that is because when you see their, when they, they're walking forward, their no, asses. It was their hands. It was because th- they were all together and the other, it was the other boy's hands moving, which looked like a pe- little penis. Right. And you know what they, I don't know. I don't want to get into the mechanics of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, was it looking? Uh, let me try that again. I don't know if they're fucking naked or not, but it sure did look like it. Okay. And it made me feel uncomfortable in certain ways. More than the fucking, like, swimmer goggles that they had on these things <laughs> do you know the swimmer goggles with right. the little hole yeah just in the t- in like the right in the front so right. that you can see when you do laps right that's it's, what they're wearing yeah that's what they were wearing so it was like it's like it's got the like the whole eye is covered except for these little tiny dots mm-hmm. and they had them on their heads and they had cone heads and they had sharp fangy teeth like like a fucking piranha or something you know what weird. I mean? it really was and they don't even do anything with them. They like they're just running around like little little idiots, little ch- children, <laughs> little, little stupid, ch- stupid children. <laughs> go back in your little hive cage. Yeah, go get groomed somewhere else. <laughs> go back in your cages, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she finds a room when all the people are strung up to the walls like aliens, and they're all hooked up to the round coil AC cooling ducts sucking out babies from pregnant women and dumping them into barrels. There's this giant brain that floats and is like tells her to join them. And she starts torching all of them. And finally, the brain just explodes after she stares it down. Because I think it was trying to get into her head and she was too strong for it. Right. I don't know what the fuck was going That's on That's probably there. what it was. 
And then when she leaves, she's attacked by other zombies on the way out as the factory's like literally blowing up. Yeah, because she lit it on fire. And they never showed this factory in the beginning on the first one, right. by the way. It just magically appeared like the aliens instead of vampires. Right. I don't know. I guess they set up shop there, this factory. It was like the lab, I guess. I guess. But she makes it outside and Taylor is like shooting all the fucking zombies and stuff. And she's like, you promised we'd stick together. And he's like, I gotta go. I'm gonna die anyway. Get out of here, Sharon. And she's like, no. And he goes off in a, in a horde of zombies. And she runs through the jungle. And then just all of a sudden she looks back in the factory and it says, zombies, the beginning over her. And fantasy adventure music. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. And like, it, it was all a dream. It sounded like uh, the the Adventures of Space Lord or whatever. I don't know what it was. Like mm-hmm. one of those old 80s movies that had like adventure music. Right. Like Kroll. It right. sounded like Kroll music. And then it abruptly shuts off and then they put over the like regular music that they mm-hmm. did. So I think they might have taken that from another movie. Probably. <laughs> What this whole movie is taken I, from I, other movies. I mean, they had Snoopy in the first one. That yeah, they did have some. The nods were heavier in the other one. Yeah, they were. They were better. Yeah. But oh, and that's another thing I forgot is Bruno appears at the very end of the movie and he says, "Oh no, you won't get nothing out of me till the end." And then you're like, "Oh, he died." Yeah. So I I didn't know at the time because I forgot that he passed away. Right. Because I get some of them mixed up, you know, like, I mean, but uh, he is the one of the last ones that did that. So, you know, now we got Claudio Fregasso and, you know, some new guys and stuff that are doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, passing the torch. Italy's coming back, I tell you. <laughs> so what do you think, Christina? What do we got to do next week? I don't know. I'm feeling summery. Summary. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, what are we supposed either. to pick? Like, what kind of genre would that be? I don't know. Sharks or some shit. No, no more no sharks. sharks. Water. I think after watching Black Demon, I'm done with sharks for a little while. <laughs> like, that really. No, that was pretty bad. It was oh bad. You God. walked out I of walked the room. Out. Yeah. You were done with it after after the third cringy fucking moment, yeah, which God, there's plenty bad. in that movie. We'll figure it out, though, and we will let you know on the socials. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll we'll try to figure out something juicy, maybe a little bit more mainstream or something. Or That would be good. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Hey, hey, we just, hey, we, sometimes you take a dive, and it isn't the, 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 the best temperature water. You know, you just go in for the experience. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. But thank you guys so much for coming by this week. We really appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, please do share this episode with somebody that you know or share it on your social media. We really rely on you guys to, you know, spread the message because we can only do so much. So if you can help us out, we greatly appreciate it. And let us know what you think of these two films, Italian films or Bruno Mattei or your favorite Italian director in the comment section down below. But other than that, thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the void.